Hello and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and I am excited to be back with you after a bit of a break. And tonight, I'm going to talk about something that's been weighing on my mind for a minute. You know that we get into cases and all kinds of stuff, and needless to say, I love to take a deep dive, especially when there are some things in current events that lend itself to a deeper discussion. And there has been a lot of that lately, and we're going to catch up on it. But tonight, I am going to focus on something that has been weighing on me for a minute, especially uh, given the cases and also, more importantly, coming at it from the uh, perspective of being a Black woman who considers herself to be very in tune with my community, the culture, and things that go on around me, affect me, affect affect the children that I'm raising, and most importantly, affect me, especially as an African-American woman in the United States. So tonight's deep dive is going to be about what is it that the culture wants? Do you want equality or do you want to step in to the shoes of your oppressor. Or, put more succinctly, are you seeking equality or your oppressor's privilege? Now, I'm going to say at the outset that this conversation may step on a few toes. So be it. If it doesn't apply, let it fly. If it does, I hope it gives you something to think about because it's certainly not my... um, not my intention to be unduly inflammatory. I think it's more about, if you listen to my show, it's my take based on how I see it. That's why the show is called Let's Be Honest with Just Jonda. So first, I'm going to start with how I am going to define these two things for the purposes of this discussion because They are two very different things. Others may not think so, but from my perspective, they are. So equality. Equality should be easy for most of us, right? Equality is is simple. It doesn't seem to be simple in the United States and other parts of the world to do, but it's not too hard to define. All people being treated equally. That means equal rights under the law as well as equal treatment and consequences, of course, given similar circumstances. Because I am not one of those people who are into, um, who are into false equivalencies. I think that's intellectually dishonest. So you won't have me here uh, comparing apples to oranges because there's going to be a few instances as we get deeper into this discussion where I'm going to demonstrate why that shouldn't be done if you're going to have a real discussion about uh, some of these things, especially uh, some of the recent cases that have occurred um, most recently with Will Smith, although not a case in court, it has certainly been dealt with, overly dealt with in the court of public opinion. So we're still going to talk about that. Jussie Smollett, which of course was court of public opinion and real court. And then going back to uh, October with uh, one, the first of the R. Kelly federal cases, and then back even further uh, to the Bill Cosby matter. Um, And it's really not going back that far. He was convicted several years ago, but he was released in 2021. So all of the cases we're going to talk about were definitely within the past, let's say in past year. At any rate, all things 
being equal, they are treated equally. That means two individuals walking into court similarly situated should walk out of court similarly situated in terms of their treatment. Because what we're talking about specifically with a lot of these are um, our court cases, some like Will Smith in the court of public opinion, but you know, there's the whole academy thing. So we'll, we're going to treat that for these purposes, like a, um, like the other lawmaking bodies, because they do govern the, his area of expertise. Now, oppressor's privilege, that's different. That's not about equality. That is about the person who is the oppressor, the person who, if we are in the United States and we're talking about race, and obviously we are talking about those with the power, which would be white people and the level of privilege that they have, whether they believe it or not, um, in places like the criminal justice system and other walks of life, but Again, we're going to deal with it in the realm of these instances. Now, why are they different? Because there's some people who would say, well, it's pretty much the same. If white people get to get off on something, then black people should get should be able to get off of something. Well, that's not really equality. Equality under the law, again, means that if two individuals are charged with the same thing and they are similarly situated in situation, circumstance, etc., then they should be treated the same. That doesn't mean that everybody should get off. I think most right-thinking people don't think that individuals who do bad things, especially to other people, especially when you're talking about violent acts or uh, sexual assault or anything, which in most of these instances, with the exception of Jussie Smollett, we are, that they should just walk away with nothing happening to them. Now, again, there are varying degrees, varying circumstances, so everyone won't be treated the same, but independently, excuse me, individuals similarly situated treated the same. Now, when we talk about this oppressor's privilege, if you're saying, well, so-and-so did this and they're treated a certain way, that's not fair if the other person was treated differently. Okay, the other person was treated differently given no penalty whatsoever, potentially because of privilege. Now, there may be some other circumstances, but again, similarly situated, probably privilege. Is that what you want? Do you want us to be able to do bad things and walk away just because other people do and again, I'm talking about things that we can all agree on. I know that there are degrees of what people think are bad, okay? We're talking about raping, pillaging, killing, all of those types of things, okay? The universally understood. We're talking about robbing banks. We're talking about taking people's lives. We're talking about assaulting people whether physically, uh, a physical assault as in a beatdown or a sexual assault. Talking about all of those things that would be under most of the true crime podcasts. Those are the things, at least for the purposes of this discussion that we're talking about. So are you saying that because individuals got away with that, that someone now, just because they are black and that other person was white and they got away with it, the black person should too? Or are you saying that as much as it sucks that we are starting here and we can't do anything about the fact that the person 10 years ago was not given a sentence or not found guilty because there's double jeopardy, there's nothing we can do about that. 
We can shun them. We can do all of that. But there's nothing we can do about changing what happened to them in the criminal in the criminal justice system. But what happened as it relates to the incident today and this person who just happens to be a person of color, this person was sentenced and rightfully so for what they did that because of what happened before, this person shouldn't be punished because that is not equality. That is your oppressor's privilege. Equality would be that anybody who does certain things, especially if we can all agree that the person did something for which they should be punished, if they are all treated the same. And it sucks that it may start today with your kid or with your brother or with your father who just happens to be a person of color. That absolutely sucks. And it probably does make you feel like you're chewing on steel. Thinking about somebody else who walked away from doing the same exact thing 10 years ago, five years ago, hell, maybe even two years ago, maybe two weeks ago in the same courthouse. But does that make what occurred any less problematic and any less worthy of punishment. And that is where we have to ask the hard questions. What are we doing and what is it that we want? Do we make sure we are raising awareness so that the person who walked away 10 years ago, two years ago, two weeks ago, in, in my previous example, that there are no further uh, instances of that? that the next time somebody who is not of color comes into the courthouse, they suffer the same consequences that have been established for those crimes that your son, daughter, father, niece, nephew suffer? What is it that you're looking for? And of course, we can talk about criminal justice reform all day long and defunding the defunding the police all day long. But at the end of the day, once all of those reforms happen, if and when they happen, and of course it depends on where you are and all of that, how do we define what it is that we want those things to address? Because again, equality is not the same as stepping in to your oppressor's privilege. Now, I'm going to talk about a couple of the cases and why this consistently comes up, because I think the best way to demonstrate this is just to get right to it. So I am going to start with the most recent, which is the situation with Will Smith. Now I'm going to start from the outset by saying that despite the fact that I may reference some of the arguments that have been made about this as it relates to um, the the why and, and um, some of what I would consider as a defense attorney to be more of attempts at mitigation and justification. Um, from my standpoint, for the purposes of this discussion and pretty much any other discussion anybody has with me, because I've been consistent on this, whatever you may feel about what he did in relation, and we're talking about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars, what he did as it relates to um, what Chris Rock said or what he may or may not have meant, what he may or may not have known, um, whatever Jada, what look she gave Will or whatever may have been going on in his head and whether or not he's still dealing with stuff from an entanglement or seeing his mother abused for the purposes of any discussion with just Jonda. And certainly in this episode, all of those things are wholly irrelevant. And even from, and from the standpoint of myself as a defense attorney and probably most others, if they allow themselves to admit it, as opposed to waxing poetic with most view, 
Those are things that get dealt with as it relates to mitigation. And I suppose if somebody wanted to attempt any type of justification defense, and that depends on whether or not um, California is a place that even allows that. And that kind of things, you know, self-defense, defense of others, etc. All of that is irrelevant. We are starting, we are having this discussion from a very simple standpoint of what happened that night was assault and battery, pure and simple, by literally any definition of assault anywhere in the United States. An intentional, aggressive, unwanted touching is what happened. Intent was formed. The touching took place. It was unwanted. It was aggressive. Aggressive. It happened. Doesn't matter how hard it was. Doesn't matter where the skin was broken. None of that. An assault and battery took place in front of 57 million people and then hundreds of millions who have passed it around and looked at it since then and debated about it. So way more people ended up seeing it other than that. Also, we are going to lay to rest this notion of pressing charges or not pressing charges. It doesn't matter whether uh, what Chris Rock did or did not say. If the district attorney in um, in L.A. County or even the police who were there that night, because there's always security on hand, if they want to file charges against Mr. Smith, they certainly can. And all they, they do not need Chris Rock to do so. There's 57 million other witnesses. He would just be merely a witness who just happens to be the victim. That's it. So. Those are the longs and shorts on that. And I'm not going to engage in any other debate about it. So let's just deal with that. And the reason why I want us to deal with it from a very black and white standpoint, and I don't mean by race, I'm talking about just an act, is because this is one of several instances where you have a lot of um, especially after the fact in terms of how much has been talked about and dissected, um, the action on the part of the academy. You have a lot of, well, they're doing this to him, but they didn't do that to this person and that person. You have a lot of these apples and oranges conversations, these false equivalencies. Well, what about Weinstein? What about Cosby? What about um, Roman Polanski? What about, what about, what about, what about? What about Woody Allen? What about the fact that they reward people after they do bad things all the time? Okay. And? So, because the Academy did not, as far as some uh, it, as a um, loud minority, and I'm talking about people on social media, um, did not adequately address, punish, admonish, whatever word you want to use, some of these notable offenders in a fashion that people felt was timely or stern enough for acts that did not occur in the building in front of everyone that they should do what as it relates to Will Smith? Just say, well, as others have said, he's never done anything bad before. Oh, well. And so the individual who was assaulted, what? It's just like, too bad, so sad. And we just ignore it because that's what you're saying. That, and again, if the argument is, as of course we, I have seen it, that these other individuals whose acts did not, and I'm not saying that there are not consequences that any of these individuals should not have had. 
that's an entirely different conversation and a whole other different rabbit hole that if I were to go case by case with Weinstein, uh, Polanski, even Casey Affleck, all of these individuals, uh, we need a whole other episode for that. And I'm not opposed to doing that. But for, for today's purposes, if the main issue, as many have claimed, that the reason they were treated differently was not because of where the acts took place and them being uh, at a certain point allegations as opposed to actual convictions, um, which of course brings in a whole other realm of concerns logistically and legally for the academy in terms of um, effectuating certain punishments against them. But all of that, let's throw it all out the window and it's just because they're white and he's black. Forget the apples to apples and oranges to oranges thing. Let's say it was just because he was black and they were white. Are we saying, and I know you're hearing some noises, it's because I am doing this podcast remotely. <laughs> My schedule has been so crazy that if I do not get it in where I can fit it in, I won't have a chance to talk to my audience that I love so much. So let's say it's just because of race, nothing else. So nothing happens to him because nothing happened to them. We'll ignore the fact that he can still be nominated. We'll ignore the fact that he quit before he was asked to resign or told that he was no longer a member. So it was not addressed in his punishment, which means, you know, he can rejoin when he gets around to it. I would say give it at least five years, Will. Doesn't matter. He was treated differently because he was black. What would be the solution and why would that? So do we want the Academy to do like Roman Polanski and wait 30 years to suspend him? Well, in, in Roman's case, uh, expelled permanently. Again, what is it that we want? <clears throat> because I get it. I'm not stupid here. And I'm not waxing poetic just to kill time. I get it that there is unequal treatment. I get it. But in trying to get to the place where there is equal treatment, who starts? Are we okay with it if the equality doesn't start with us. And if that's the case, I'm good with that. I'm actually good with that. And I'm not saying I agree. I mean, I'm good with that in terms of that being the answer. As someone who wants equality, if the answer is we'll be good with saying, with not always pointing out how this white person was treated versus this black person if when the equality starts and the equal treatment under the law starts it starts with someone who doesn't look like me it starts when someone like me doesn't have to take the l and then we say okay today we start with treating everybody equal with the sentencing of this black person and now today is the official start. Everybody's going to be treated the same. No. We prefer for it to start with somebody white and then we'll all get on board. And if that's the conversation to, ha to have, okay. But right now, 
all we're doing is just pointing it out, saying, well, what about this one and what about that one? And then you have people, interestingly enough, like me, a lifelong defense attorney who goes, okay, I get it. And I literally spend my time making my living off of fighting to not have people go to jail and making sure that their rights are protected. But that doesn't mean I'm crazy. In fact, it makes me think even more critically about these things. Let's go to another example where this has come up. Oh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. Mr. Jesse Smollett, the bane of so many people's polar vortex laden existence since, damn, how long has this case been going on? 2020, maybe? Yeah, I, I want to say that this whole drama started unfolding right before the pandemic shutdown. I could be wrong. I still, I want to say winter, uh, like February, 2020, maybe 2019, but eh, I'm still thinking February, 2020. At any rate, the infamous mess with Jussie Smollett, quick and dirty, Jussie Smollett was convicted of, I want to say five of six counts of felony disorderly conduct in Cook County, Illinois, related to a series of lies or allegations that he made um, about being attacked, a noose put on his neck, things thrown in his face, and all of the basic, the things that you would then do to continue that story, the various officers that he gave information to, et cetera, in order to sell this story. And for those of you who may not know or just don't follow pop culture, or maybe you were under a pop culture rock somewhere, um, Jussie Smollett was well known at the time because he was one of the stars of one of the most popular TV shows at that time. It was kind of in the denouement of its um, of its run, but certainly uh, for the first of its first couple of, I think it's five season run, Empire was like one of the number one shows on television. And he was a large part of that. Like, it, it, you know, there's no question. He was the main part of the family. He was a singer. And he was also becoming very well known um, outside of that because he came out as a gay man and very much involved himself. And he may have already been involved, but again, we didn't know him until the show, but used his platform very well in terms of getting a record deal, putting himself out there in the community as an advocate. So he was doing all the things that someone who um, wants to be an advocate and for a cause and had the ability to use their star power to do it. We've seen people do it. You know, they kind of all do it, Clooney, all of them. So anyway, he was doing that. And so... For reasons that are still a bit foggy, doesn't even really matter, he um, was ultimately accused, after he reported the story, his whole huge, you know, manhunt whole thing, but when everything shook down and all the dust cleared, he ultimately ended up being charged as opposed to the two young men who were initially arrested or, or questioned with basically making this whole thing up. So that's where the charges come from. They're kind of weird charges. I think in other places like uh, I, I practice in, in the Virginia area. Um, so here he would have probably been charged more so with um, filing a false police report and um, maybe even some obstruction after the fact when they were asking him for phone records when he wouldn't give them. And, you know, so, so it probably in varying states, 
this would have been charged very differently, which I think is part of, it's also part of what I think makes, made not only the charges, but the conviction and even maybe the punishment a little harder for people to swallow because the way that Cook County charged this as disorderly conduct, it's a little strange in terms of what most people think of with disorderly conduct. I mean, even as an attorney, I read their statute, I get it, but it's just, you know, it's just odd, but you know, that's a personal thing, but I think it does bear some weight in why people look at it the way it, look at it the way they have and why they don't think it's as serious because it's just, it's just a very strange way to charge him, but we get why. Long story short, he was convicted, um, I think it was in January. He was convicted and he was sentenced. His sentence really wasn't as bad as it sounds because, again, everybody was all tripping about that. But anyway, he got two years probation. Of course, massive fines, really, because of the restitution. There's like over 100, I think like $150,000 in uh, man hours that were involved in this. And then he got... Um, what was what amounts to 180 days in jail however apparently in uh illinois because because of the level of felony this was he's gonna he would get two for one and then of course with any other issues chances are he would probably at most be in jail for i don't know maybe like 75 days at the most like it, it really it wasn't um it wasn't very much i think it was like okay i know what it was, it was 150 days so uh basically five months he he would serve not even three but people went bananas and part of it was just not feeling that it, it, this it was twofold i think one is people still felt that he was wrong. I think a, a, a lot of the public sentiment was pretty strongly against him and, and believing that he lied. Um, he had some behaviors uh, before and after that didn't help. Um, and uh, so they just, it, it, you know, they just took great issue with the judge lecturing him. I know that judges lecture people all the time. It's just that the general public is not always in court, so they don't see it. This was televised, so they saw it. Um, so you have that and the fact that people felt that his time was excessive given that what, given what he is alleged to have done. And once again, you have the fact that he is Black being brought into this. Now, there's a few things that are rather interesting about that piece, just as a quick side note. What this person did at a very... <laughs> uh, at a time in our country that there isn't ever a time for a black person that race isn't in the mix. But of course, in the middle of Trumpism and all the other stuff that was unfolding during that time frame, and right in Chicago, as a matter of fact, in terms of cases they had going on, the last thing um, which is probably part of why he knew that it would get so much attention, that anybody needed was for, was for a major black male gay, out, um, out gay celebrity to say that he was attacked and that his attackers specifically alluded to those things and wearing a MAGA hat. So using every incendiary thing in his article i mean i'm sorry in his arsenal because he embodied them and weaponizing those things essentially but somehow 
when he is punished for that, the narrative is still that the punishment he was given was different because he was black, not because it shocked as far as the court was concerned it shocked the public conscience that he would use those things not because there were six charges even though well he was convicted of five and essentially only given 30 days on each one because that's what it boiled down to um not because perhaps he was a celebrity and they wanted to make an example. And the judge actually did kind of allude to that in a way by saying more or less that because of the nature of the allegations and who he was, yes, that did make uh, that did make mobilization faster and stronger than it probably would have been and perhaps even should have been. And I think there's an acknowledgement of that. However, you still took advantage of it and you got to pay for it. Now I'm talking about the monetary piece. So despite all of that, there's still this narrative. In fact, one celebrity in particular, you know, you know, I, I know that everybody should be allowed their opinions because certainly I always have one, but whoo, this one. One celebrity in particular, Taraji P. Henson, even went so far as to compare this to the Emmett Till situation because that woman was not punished. And she lied. And her lie led to the death of a person. Horrible situation. Horrible human being. Not Taraji, the woman. No question. And she admits that she lied. No question. Horrible human being. Apples to apples or oranges to oranges? Absolutely not. We know that given the fact that she was a white woman in the 1950s and the fact that he was black and it was in the South, that the situation was going to be treated differently whether we like it or not, just because of the circumstances. Jussie Smollett was not in Mississippi in the 1950s raising an alarm. There are, we're not comparing things. And again, even if I was to let the apples to apples and oranges and oranges thing go, which I'm not because it's intellectually dishonest. But even if I were to do that for the sake of argument, where do you draw the line? If we all know that it was wrong, that she lied, and that she was not punished from our standpoint in terms of facing something, before a court of law, before the court of public opinion. I mean, hell, by the, I mean, you know, she lived the rest of her life. And by the time she said something, she was damn near on her deathbed. So how people felt about her didn't matter. And nobody gives a shit about her feelings. He died. So it, you lived. So if you felt bad, who cares? You lied. A young boy died. They, they don't compare. You had to live with it. Boo hoo. His mother lost her son. They don't compare. So we're going to just go with you lived your life and you were not punished. Okay. And I would, and I am not going to give some mamby pamby thing goes, well, she did have punishment in a way because she had to live with it. No, no, no. She lived. He died. Not punished. But all of that being said, you don't punish Jussie. Now, we can debate all day about exactly what his punishment was, how mon how uh, asinine the amount of resources on the front and back end in terms of whether we're talking about the manhunt and then the ultimate going back and forth in trials and now there's appeals and all of the dramatics of that. 
Because quite frankly, when it comes to stuff that goes on in the criminal justice system, these are debates we could have all day about a lot of stuff. Not just Jussie. I could give you a list of stuff just on the local level. Wasteful time, resources, all of that. But that's a different discussion. Does Jussie not face any repercussions because of the argument that a similarly situated white person may not have, or in the extraordinarily inappropriate example of Taraji P. Henson, the um, accuser in the Emmett Till case did not. Two more, and these two are going to be quick to drive this point home, so I'm going to put them together, Bill Cosby and R. Kelly. These two come, I tend to see come up the most, especially um, when people debate the treatment between um, white defendants and black defendants um, most recently, again, especially as it relates to others in Hollywood in particular, both past and present. Examples have been given of everybody from um, Elvis and Priscilla to, um, gosh, what is the guy, the one who married his uh, 13-year-old cousin, I can't remember, but I know you all know who I'm talking about, uh, old school rock and roll guy. Um, and of course, infamously current Harvey Weinstein and all of these in saying that nothing happened or, you know, they were treated differently and how this whole thing unfolded. And again, I ask, what do you want? Do you want equality? Do you want justice? Or do you want your oppressor's privilege? I'm not going to, again, it because it's a waste of both of our times. We could, again, we could do a whole other episode to talk about Harvey Weinstein and, and several others by the way, because I'm not discounting that Harvey is far from the only one. Far, 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 far from it. The Hollywood casting couch goes back to the beginning of Hollywood. Hell, goes to Broadway before there was a Hollywood. So uh, we know. And Harvey definitely took horrible advantage of that. And we know that uh, he's very powerful and, you know, Oscar's out the wazoo. Well, well, for the Weinstein company, not necessarily for him personally. Um, because it's not like he acted or anything. He didn't even personally direct. He owned the company. So we do know that he's a major player and what that means in terms of when and how long it took before people said time's up because there were power dynamics at play there. However, I say all that not to excuse it, but again, just putting it all in, putting all these things into perspective, especially when we talk about the fact that Bill Cosby was a very, was a much older man who had had an illustrious career, in fact, multiple careers, a career that uh, started with him breaking barriers in the 60s, then more in the 70s, then in the 80s, being a mentor to many young in young Hollywood. And mind you guys, I'm not saying this to eulogize him in some spectacular way. I'm just chronicling. You'll get where I'm going in a second. Um, going into the 90s, having another uh, television show for, I, I think that show was on CBS for at least five or six seasons. Um, not as popular as his original Cosby show, but definitely Cosby. Not to mention multiple things that uh, bore his name and likeness, um, kids shows, etc. 
endorsements, stand up, still being called to speak places, being respected because the money that he and his wife gave, all of that, all of that we know. Long before he was, his feet were truly held to the fire in a real sustainable way that actually caused true damage to his image as it relates to his ability to work. Because let's be clear, even within the years before the trial where he was convicted and subsequently exonerated in appeals court, Bill Cosby was still getting booked. And no, it wasn't all the time, but we also have to remember that he was in his 70s, so he wasn't trying to get booked all the time. He had already shifted his career to just doing sort of a speaking circuit. He wasn't even doing comedy. He was sort of doing his own version of social commentary. He wasn't he wasn't doing movies or anything like that. He was a millionaire many, 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 many times over. So in that regard, he had already living his, lived his rich-ass Hollywood life no different than Homie Harvey over there. I don't know if they were actually friends. I'm just, I just going to call him Homie Harvey. R. Kelly. People knew what he was in the 90s. And if you didn't know, he solidified it for you in 99-2000 when there was a video of his very much at least, what, 30-year-old man with a young girl. And people still stepped in the name of love and believed they could fly and any other thing that he put out there, not just in the black community, but the industry as a whole, white and black continue to work with him, not blackballed, nothing taken away from him as long as that golden pen was still working. Until what? Two, three years ago? And despite the multiple allegations, it took a six our documentary to finally convince people that maybe we should stop ignoring that he was a problem. And he, again, in his 50s. So let's not pretend that Black people and other people of color aren't given an opportunity to live their lives before the chickens come home to roost. But all of that being said, because quite frankly, I've already said too much because most of the things I've said about both Cosby and R. Kelly, you should already know because these are not new cases. And in the case of R. Kelly, go back and look at my previous episodes because I was one of the few people, especially in black media, who actually covered the trial from start to finish. And I'm just a podcast. And you would know that this stuff had gone on open and notoriously for a long time. But again, what do you want? Do you want... Do you want equality? Do you want equality or just to step into your oppressor's privilege? Because again, this stuff is not new. And again, when we start saying, well, what about this one? And what about that one? I could be asking questions too. What about all the people who didn't care that it was going on regarding young black girls or black women until now? Where were all the people who are worried about whether or not R. Kelly and Bill Cosby are being treated differently from uh, Harvey Weinstein to be concerned that their primary victims, well, R. Kelly's were, uh, R. Kelly's in particular, looked like all of you 
who feel like, oh, look how he's being treated as opposed to them. Nobody went after R. Kelly in 94. And the stuff that happened with the video just went away. So didn't he get another 25 years of running rampant all up and through these streets too? But nobody wants to talk about that. So again, when you make those comparisons about why is this person being treated this way versus that way? Where is the line drawn? Where do we start? Who do we finish with? And what is it that you ultimately want to achieve? Because you can't have both. If the goal is equality, it has to be equality and it's got to start somewhere. Now, if that's not the goal, that's fine. Just let me know. But when these conversations take place, you probably need to be asking yourself. So I hope I gave you all something something to think about. In the meantime, my little girl's back. So it's just in time for me to sign off and take her home. And I want to thank you all for listening. I know it was a more serious show, but we do. If you listen to a lot of episodes, we don't just talk about the fun stuff. We get into the serious stuff here as well. Continue to follow me on all social media platforms. Thank you for all all of you who have been joining um, and following me on Twitter, Instagram, joining the Fashion and Drama Diaries on Facebook. Um, you can support the show financially with um, Cash App and Venmo, which is also there in the information portion. Don't forget my book. Um, the uh, the parenting book that is the anthology with 15 authors. You can click the link in the comment section and order that as well. And make sure that you go wherever you can and give us five stars so that you can see lots more of us and lots of different places. Once again, this is Just Jonda, and I am going to sign out and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.